the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Mega cap leadership is in place, which... Good if you got it. Not so good if you don't, because the other parts of the economy probably are stinking it up a little bit compared to historical GDP type of numbers. Um, And their stocks are a little bit underperforming. So there's an imbalance and you're getting weighted the leadership marching ahead. Um, Upbeat earnings reports. I'm still amazed by that. Um, just psychologically, when you have a shutdown the way we did, I think you're kind of assuming for the worst. When you see the news the way it was played out, you're kind of assuming the worst. And the truth is, a lot of the economy is grinding forward. Microsoft, mega cap. Alphabet, mega cap. Facebook, mega cap. Amazon, Apple, all mega caps. Four out of the five are hitting um, all-time highs. Now, Google recently just went a little bit negative, but that's also okay. Sometimes it's good to have a breather. Sideways is not down. Salesforce.com. Being added to the Dow yesterday, right? Up 20% today. This is a big company that says, I want to be the next trillion dollar company. Is it the next trillion dollar company? No. But later in the show, I'm going to tell you who it will be. Um, also, we got we have a good show today. So, um, Salesforce.com. It's not just being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Taking the, the place of ExxonMobil. But it's solid earnings. Solid earnings. Hewlett-Packard. Exporting goods into it all had solid, solid earnings. I needed a new computer for BTS because I love the Korean pop band so much I have to buy computers in honor of them. No, 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 no. For back to school. Um, I didn't even look at Hewlett Packard. I was like, let's take a look at Adele. Let's take a look at what Best Buy has. Like the last thing in my head was Hewlett Packard. That's how far they've slipped. And yet they had a good quarter. Wedbush Morgan raised their price target on Apple to a street-high $600. Now, keep in mind, the stock's going to stock split on Monday of next week, and suddenly a $500 stock will be $125, so that, that price target will go to $150. That's interesting. Tesla's got a street-high price target of $2,500, up from $1,200 over at Jefferies. So Jefferies, like yesterday, ah, we think they could go to $1,200. Well, they're at 2,050. So they're like, well, we better up that number. They feel like they're chasing it. I never like that feeling. 
Um, I walk nice and slow. My spouse, my sugar booger, is a fast walker. I don't like walking fast. It feels like I'm chasing something. It's uncomfortable. Same thing with stocks. It's psychologically uncomfortable for me. Um, I would go into Europe and Asia, but I'll be honest, the story's just not that good. Take a look at some of the other things that are out there today as far as stories go. Um, we went through day two of the Republican National Convention. Now we're moving on to day three. Uh, in some swing states, Trump is gaining a little bit of polling ground. I bring that up not to be political, just to throw it out there that this is going to be a bumpy season. Uh, I guess you could say in the news cycle, with the political news and how it affects Wall Street. And somewhere around Labor Day, Wall Street will start figuring out who's going to win, and you're going to start seeing a big shift. So if you think it's going to be the Democrats, maybe you want to go more health care. If you think it's going to be the Republicans, maybe you want to go more oil. I don't know. I'm not going to put thoughts in your head like that because I don't like gambling or investing like that. Um, Frito-Lay is doing a voluntary recall of Lay's barbecue chips. I, I, is that what we need now? We've got wildfires. We have hurricanes in the south. We've got COVID. Uh, we've got race tensions where two people were shot. This is crazy video that TMZ got uh, like three in the morning last night of a man with a long rifle who shoots two people and people are chasing after him. And he walks up to the cops and the cops are like, you can go on by. We'll go get you the bad guys in there. And he's like, that's the bad guy. Crazy video. And that's got to make people a little bit uneasy. Frito-Lay now is adding to my malaise and my, my downtroddenness. They're recalling the Lay's barbecue-flavored potato chips due to undeclared milk ingredients. Now, I don't even want to know what an undeclared milk ingredient is. This is in Arizona, California, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, Washington, Wyoming. This happens. One of the greatest examples of how you could use a food recall to your power was Chipotle where they went through a couple scary situations of uh, some of their lettuce that was, was contaminated. They try to source locally, and sometimes that's a problem. That's sometimes when you want the big farm company to do it because, well, they're the big farm company. But it created one of the greatest buying opportunities. I'm not saying let's go all buy Frito-Lays. Not going there. Uh, but... Sometimes there's opportunity. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the areas that it's really strong right now during the pandemic is housing. Home Depot and Lowe's are off fresh, mind-blowing second quarter earnings reports. I'm stunned by that because just the antidotal evidence doesn't add up. You drive by a Home Depot or Lowe's and there's lines of people up front and you're like, that's a good thing but they're limiting how many people can get in. That's a bad thing. Um, and yet they're doing quite well. And online ordering has been part of their secret sauce. Housing sector veterans say that we're witnessing across the country may not be as bizarre as it first appears. And you can start seeing it because of the Home Depot and Lowe's. New home sales and new supply really are starting to come to the market. Uh, in my home city, we've gone from 
12 homes for sale last year at this time to over 100 homes for sale. Supply and demand. But that turnover causes fresh paint to be used. It causes more uh, homing, uh, gardening supplies, things that we're doing to kill time while we're dealing with the COVID before we can get together and go on vacations together and ruin our lives by loving each other a little bit too much. Anyhow, the Commerce Department reported housing starts surged 22.6 in July. That's a big number. Housing starts are future homes being constructed. So the complex is still looking pretty attractive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the next trillion-dollar tech company. Uh, I'm starting to give away the secret. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Any thoughts, questions, prayers, drop me an email, Rob at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, S&P 500 and NASDAQ both playing with records. The Dow's still not quite there, nor is the Russell. Showing you some underperformance, maybe showing you some value. But, again, another day, another dollar. It feels like it just keeps moving higher, right? Stocks are a little mixed today. There is an IPO story out there. Palantir. It has sent a warning to investors in its application to publicly list on the New York Stock Exchange talking about the overcomplexity of privacy and data laws from country to country, posing major compliance challenges to the data company. They're coming public. And to be public, you kind of share your information with us, the public. Right now, they're private. They don't have to. What they do behind their doors, as long as it's not a weird little cult club, we're fine with. But when they go public, we need to know all the dirty secrets. And what's interesting about it is they can't really give you a law because their business is dealing with countries with top secret material. Super secure information. So we may never really know what we're dealing with when this company reports. Did they just get a contract with the United States? They won't be able to tell us. Did they just get a contract with Saudi Arabia? They won't be able to tell us. That brings up a conundrum, does it not? Um, and privacy laws are not cheap to implement. So for damages and liability. So you're gonna hear a lot from their CEO. I'll do my best to talk about it when they come public. But they, and oddly enough, a company that you may think, really? Airbnb's coming public? That's a little bit weird. They too have filed to come public. And it's only a little bit weird because right now we're still dealing with travel issues. And Delta and America are getting ready to lay off a big chunk of workforce. And Airbnb doesn't necessarily feel right, or does it? Because you can get in your car and go to someone's house and stay there for a vacation. I'm oversimplifying. That's quite okay. Work with me on this one. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the stocks that was left for dead for quite a while and made a comeback, and these are the stocks that really spook me, but they also sometimes really interest you, 
was a company called NEO, ticker symbol NIO. And their story was is heavily tied towards, uh, I, I, I want to say correctly, trying to be the Tesla of China. Their stock was dead. And when I say dead, it was doing nothing. It was getting no life, no enjoyment from hanging out in the world of electric vehicles with Tesla. It was a $3 stock. Um, how many days ago? Two months ago. And now it's an $18, $19 stock just because they're in the same space. That's a little bit of a stretch for me. Now, if you get into revenues, if you get into the whole China thing, positive or negative, if you get into the whole, maybe they've got technology, maybe they've stolen technology, uh, there could be other reasons for you to like the company. But I tend not to like companies that wake up out of nowhere and make a move like that when they've been right in front of our eyes for such a long time. Facebook is a company that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about. Because someone asked me the other day, point blank, and I wasn't quite ready for it, who's going to be the next trillion dollar company? I was like, well, let me think about that. And I was like, Facebook. Um, I think that's a story. I think it's a smart call. I've seen some other analysts talk about it. When you get bullish on Facebook, I still check in. I hate it. Can't say a nice thing about it. I'm seeing crazy political ad after crazy political ad where I'm getting a little bit tired of them. I'm like, I don't want to check in anymore. But they've got massive regulatory concern. And that's one of the reasons they're not a trillion dollar company right now. Um, if you take a look at other social media companies, they get a much higher valuation put on them because they have less of the regulatory issues. So I was playing with valuation and I said, okay, let's just see. What do we take to get them to a trillion? And it's not that much. Shares have to hit 351 bucks a share, and they feel like they're already on that march. I own shares of Facebook. I might buy more shares of Facebook. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show, and I'm not front running it. So I'm just telling you where some of the price targets are starting to play. Um, and again, the reason being is regulation right now. If that clears up or it gets into a less regulatory environment, I'm not going to use the word easy because that's you don't use words like that when it comes to investing. S&P 500 NASDAQ hit fresh record highs. Mega cap leadership is live and apparent. Earnings have been better than expected out of Dick Sporting Goods, Hewlett Packard's and Intuit. Apple gets a... Uh, street high price target after last week there was another street high price target created so analysts are kind of pushing all over themselves last year at this time and the year before i was telling you that apple's got 5g coming in 2020 at the end of it i think i made a pretty good call there i'm going to be looking for penetration rates market share gains after 5g i may be able to tell you things along the lines of um, service revenues where if, they're, if they can get their installed base higher, and we know they're going to be packaging services, and so far it doesn't look like they're going to be amazing deals, but I already pay for Apple Music. Maybe I'll throw in Apple Storage as well. So that's the news. Are you a man or a woman? Are you a man or a mouse? 
financial services industry has a problem with diversity and inequality. And they continue to fall short. Women are less involved than men in longer-term financial decisions, and they hold less wealth in retirement, in part due to gender wage issues, and also in part because they take time to give care to sometimes elderly parents and sometimes young children. Now, again, that's cliche to say, but it's still very true statistically. Women live longer than men. There's something we need to think about when it comes to financial planning. The industry is still 80% male, and that doesn't help. How many of you have had marital issues just trying to, like, share one common decision with your spouse? Sometimes it's not easy because literally men are from Mars and women are, like, from Pluto or whatever. Only 51% of advisors viewed married female breadwinners as the primary decision maker. And that complicates the situation. A lot of, I can tell you this, my mom deferred everything to my dad. He would have her sign the last page of taxes and he wouldn't show her the first 29 pages of taxes, the first 10 pages. That's crazy. And I saw that growing up. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Tech is surging. Banks are falling. Growth is rising. Value is dropping. Big companies are thriving. Small ones are struggling. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare to see if he can add a little bit of color to my oversimplification of 2020. Mr. O'Hare is with briefing.com. I've worked with them for 20 years. I've used their product for 20 years. It's solid. It's good information domestically and internationally about markets and economies around the world. Solid. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I think um, we can conclude our interview because you just summed things up perfectly. (laughs) Good to be with you again. (laughs) Yeah. um, And it's funny because even like my producer brought up, I bet after the stock split, Apple goes even higher. I'm like, well, historically, Historically, back when you and I talked in the early 2000s, stocks would run up to their stock split and pull back. But we are oversimplifying everything. But how are you standing on the current markets and what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, as, as an analyst who's fundamentally oriented, um, huh? you know, I can I can some somehow reconcile the move we've seen um, just given how low interest rates are here. Uh, but at the same time, um, as someone with you know 23 years of experience who kind of cut his teeth on the dot com boom and bust, uh, it, you know it does concern me that this market kind of you know a lot of participants are approaching it as more sport than trade, uh, and I don't mean trade as in just trading stocks. I mean trade as a real profession. So. Um, you know, and you get some uh, funny money moves that really just have, you know, 
not as much fundamental justification, but in, a, in an environment when you have rates as low as they are and a Federal Reserve that's telling you that they're not going to raise rates, you know, for years, um, there's always a way to kind of frame a, quote, fundamental argument or justification for why a stock is moving and priking in, you know, certain earnings growth that's going to materialize five years from now, right? <laughs> so um, it's, it's a peculiar period, all right, uh, but there's a lot of momentum in this market, and uh, it's a liquidity-driven trade that's oriented around story stocks and thematic investing. One of the stories that hit yesterday was the addition of Salesforce.com to replace ExxonMobil, and I was like, changing the guards. We used to be a country that was a farming country, and that's why we say non-farm payrolls. Um, changing the guard, do you see, is it a bad idea to kick out an oil company and replace it with a software company, or, or did you kind of like that decision? Uh, just kicking out Pfizer to replace it with uh, a biotech company seems like it's not the worst idea, but uh, change always freaks me out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, um, you know, you get these changes periodically, right? Um, frankly, I don't look at it really as, quote, the market, you know, um, look at things in, in terms of the S&P 500 uh, primarily when, when discussing the market. And, um, and you know, I suppose, yeah, it, it's the evolution of, of, of things here. And um, I can see why why the um, – folks at Dow Jones decided to make the switches that what that they made. Um, uh, you know, clearly we're an economy that's becoming, you know, very tech technology oriented. Um, uh, and those layers run deep and, uh, and that evolution is going to persist. So, um, you know, there's probably other uh, potential victims in the Dow, say like a Walgreens, right. Which, you know, may not be in their, uh, much longer. I, you know, I'm just speculating, but, um, but you get these periodic changes. I don't think it makes a huge difference really, uh, all things considered. And, uh, you know, it's really keen off the S and P 500 that, uh, that, you know, investors should, should be paying attention to as it relates to what quote the market is, is doing. Now I start my morning every morning with your page one. I try to end it in the week. Sometimes I get to it a little bit on the weekend with your big picture. Um, what do you What are you seeing right now that should kind of get us up to speed that brings your expertise into this? I'm seeing earnings on a lot of your reports as better than expected, and I'm a little surprised by that, um, only because I went through the shutdown, kind of shut down, if that makes sense. So I didn't think they would be that good on the outside world or outside my bubble. Um, what are you working on in your big commentary? Yeah. So, well, you know, there's some earnings which which have clearly been, uh, you know, better than expected and just flat out good. I mean, Salesforce is, you know, today it's up 25 percent because Man. they had a truly good earnings report. Right. To think that they could grow revenue 30 percent year over year uh, at, at, you know, at this particular time is, is truly incredible. Um a lot of the earnings have, uh, I think, are better characterized as simply better than feared. And analysts cut estimates so significantly because 
there was just so much uncertainty uh, in ge- you know in general. But one thing that was certain is that things were were going to be really bad in the second quarter. You know, coming into that reporting period, estimates the consensus estimate called for like I believe close to a forty five percent year over year decline in Q two earnings, and right now we're tracking you know down closer to thirty two percent. Right, that's obviously much better than feared, but in an absolute sense, it's terrible, right? So there's pockets of, you know, the market that are doing really well, um, small pockets. But again, it's a market that moves in in relative terms and and it's being, you know, flushed with liquidity and that momentum's carrying over whenever a company, you know, is reporting better than feared earnings. So, so that's one consideration. Uh, in terms of the big picture, well, I'm very curious to hear what Fed Chair Powell is going to say in his speech tomorrow on the the monetary policy framework. Uh, And that is likely to be the focal point of the big picture um, uh, this week, although it's always subject to change in a dynamic market. And, you know, things happen and topics can change uh, pretty quickly. But uh, but I think that's been a focal point really for the market, an understated one for the market this week, which continues to push upward, uh, I think, supported by this notion that it's going to get some very accommodative uh, views shared by uh, by the Fed chair. Let's talk about that for just a second. As I oversimplify things for radio and television, one of the things I've said in the past few years is inflation is the boogeyman. I fear Freddy Krueger not at all, but I fear inflation quite a bit. Um, a financial planner that I have on the show on a regular basis recently said retirement's going to be more expensive because of COVID. And I was like, ah, I used to think I only needed a million to four million in retirement. Now he's telling me I'm going to need more. Um, what's your thoughts on inflation and how the Federal Reserve, are they doing a good job? Um, are you worried by inflation? Is there some key insights that you could throw our way to help us explain it a little easier? Well, it's certainly uh, a, a crazy time when you stop to consider that the Fed seems now like it's getting ready to pivot to a pro-inflation type of framework, frankly, uh, versus the uh, Paul Volcker period where it was all about squashing inflation, right? And that invited a you know a multi-decade period of of uh, you know falling inflation and falling interest rates. So it does kind of alarm you in a sense that if if the Fed is um, going down this road, that it might be playing with fire. And several years from now, maybe that, you know, we're dealing with a lot higher in inflation. But, you know, to embrace something like an average inflation target, um, you know, I think financial planner you're referring to is probably right, unfortunately. You know, when you get inflation, um, you know, it's not a great thing for investors on fixed income. And lo and behold, we have a huge swath of baby boomers that are, you know, moving into their retirement years, um, you know, that'll be increasingly reliant on a fixed income and uh, and, and to kind of raise the cost of living or, or push a policy that forges a higher cost of living, perhaps uh, at this particular time, you know, that can hurt everyone unless you get, you know, stronger wage inflation to go along with it. So it's, it's an interesting approach. Um, the Fed has undershot its inflation target for many years already. And, um, you know, I, I guess I get why they're trying to embrace uh, this notion of average inflation targeting. But, um, but things very rarely fit neatly into a policy framework. They have good design, but the real world tends to kind of muddle the picture. Uh, and, uh, you know, you kind of uh, come to that conclusion oftentimes, you, you know, when it's too late. 
We've got less than two minutes. Is there any other tip-ins or follow-throughs that you want to finish up with, sir? Well, we're uh, obviously seeing a market that just continues to, to hold up very well. Um, you know, the, the trend has been, has been the friend. I mean, it's, it's an axiom that has kind of has paid, you know, handsome dividends here, you know, for anyone who stayed invested in the market. Um and I suppose, you know, one one thing we can kind of also take away from this just frenetic period, we saw the huge sell-off in March and then the, the subsequent huge rally up to record highs here is it again kind of proves, you know, the virtue of, of uh, being patient for long-term invest, investing, right? So a long-term investor invested in the S&P 500 index came out ahead here by simply doing nothing through this period. Um, and it's just a fact. So it's difficult to ride out some of these volatile periods, but if you have a multi-year time horizon, you know, the market does tend to usually regroup, stabilize, and, um, and recover, and, and patience can be a virtue. Thank you so much. Once again, great segment. As always, great segment. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I think he provides a lot of color and a lot of insight. People should listen back to that segment because I think it's top-notch, all that in a bucket of chicken. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find Briefing.com, oddly enough, at Briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. Epic Games is going to release a new Fortnite season tomorrow, and it won't be on Apple's devices. A district judge, Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, ruling late Monday wasn't a total loss for Epic, as she kind of gave them a little bit of publishing leeway with their Unreal technology engine. We'll see how this one plays out. Anytime that you have a season launch, there's a lot of transactions. And if uh, I think Apple kind of still wants those, but they want them on their terms. And I think Epic wants them, but they want them on their terms. The two are not seeing eye to eye right now, and I think some money's going to get left on the table. Elsewhere, uh, McDonald's is investigating their CEO, their ex-CEO, for covering up for others. And this is all tied towards like a sex scandal and photos that got onto corporate servers. This sounds like an HR nightmare. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm so thrilled that I've gotten over the phase of women drive me crazy in a good way. Now I'm just, it's all about me being crazy versus other people making me crazy. And I'm not saying anything negative towards women. I'm talking about hormonal issues and I'm trying to say something kind of sweet that I'm the problem, not them. In life, New Jersey gyms can open September 1. That's a big step in the recovery. Um, as we're watching movie theaters, gyms, these are kind of like some of the last pieces. And we're starting to see herd immunity seems to have been set up in Sweden, even though they did it so wrong that they killed a lot of their seniors in their old folks' homes. But the idea of let's just get it over with seems to be playing out okay in Sweden, minus the fact of how many people died that didn't have to die. They just weren't protected enough, maybe. Again, not my area of policy. SpaceX veterans pass a milestone in the self-flying plane race. Um, Okay, let's talk about this for just a second. How good do you feel about that phrase, self-flying plane? We've heard stories about 
people falling asleep behind the wheel of a Tesla and Tesla driving them 600, 700 miles through a car chase with police. Silicon Valley has been hard at work at the autonomous cars, but some people have started getting um, a little bit of leeway ground going in self-flying planes for cargo. A company called Reliable Robotics isn't trying to invent a new kind of aircraft. The idea is to bring autonomous capability to existing planes, starting with smaller planes that ferry cargo. Every now and then you hear stories like there's a pilot shortage. Well, there's going to be a lot of pilots who are going to employed in the next 60 days from American and Delta. And um, how many jobs do we want to wipe out with robots? It's a good question, right? kind of think it's cool that your son can grow up to be a pilot. I don't know. That used to be kind of a thing in my childhood, and then I was like, you have to do math and have good eyesight. Screwed. I can't do that. I've got decent eyesight, but the uh, math on the fly and the algorithms and ugh. Got to know north from south, east from west. Oftentimes, I'll point to the north and I'll say, Canada? Question mark. And then I'll point to the south and I'll go, Mexico. Question mark. Not that wise. Fitbit's got a new watch out. And typically this would be one of those things where we laugh. We're like, ah, <laughs> Fitbit thinks they're going to compete with Apple. They actually are getting some buzz on their new Fitbit Sense. It's going to have an ECG, EKG in it. An ECG, an electrocardiogram measurement. You're going to place your thumb and forefinger in the top right, the lower left edges of the watch, and it's going to tell you if you got a fibrillation or not. And it's a marquee feature for sure, because Apple's the only one who has it. Samsung's been approved for it, but they haven't turned it on yet on any of their watches. So they've got another thing inside Sense that's going to be measuring your skin sweat. Even when you don't think you're sweating, you've got a little bit of sweat on you. Imperceptible. And it's going to tell you if you're stressed or not. You start mixing that kind of data with the, e, the electrocardiogram, and maybe you get like, you're about to have a heart attack. You need to relax, dude. I, I, I like it. Is it what we want? Is it going in the right, is it what we want? No. Is it going in the right direction? Yes. Um, and I like the idea of more healthcare on our own body and not necessarily like whenever we get off our butt and go to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor all that often. Fortunately, I don't need to, I think. But last time I went, they did a, a measurement where they checked my oxygen levels in my blood. And, and it was a simple thing. It was just like literally a sensor they touched my skin. I was like, that's new. What's that? So I like stuff like that, especially, I think, as I get a little bit older. Dick Sporting Good had a blowout earnings report. Toll Brothers, a luxury home builder, they're up. They exceeded third quarter estimates on record net signed contracts. And they said strength was strong in August. Germany and France are pursuing new stimulus plans, which is good for you in the long, no, in the short term. In the long term, not so good. <clears throat> the pace of new coronavirus infections continues to drop, especially in some former hotspot states. Fed Chairman Powell is going to give a speech tomorrow that most think will be laced with comedative undertones. What I've heard will rock the world. From what is being expected, we could see a big move on Wall Street. It sounds like they're setting up for potentially five years of no interest rate hikes. 
based on blending of inflation. Now, that sounds almost too good to be true. And I'll say that. With that out there, though, it could happen. And just be ready for it. So Thursday, that's going to be a big story. New data on Moderna's vaccine shows promise in older adults. Gold pops 1% today higher. A lot of positives. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. For the Moderna issue, we know that COVID is really bad for seniors and elderly. So to show some promise there is nice. We might need two or three rounds of vaccines. We might need different vaccines for different populations. That's the exciting thing with that kind of story. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.